Hello and welcome to Author Conversations, presented by Arcadia Publishing and the History Press. I'm Jonathan Foster, and this is the final Halloween episode of 2020. This week we travel out west to talk to authors Parker Anderson and Darlene Wilson about their latest book, Haunted Prescott. When Arizona was created as a U.S. territory in 1864, Prescott became its first capital. Accompanying the city's rich histories and equally dramatic heritage of supernatural manifestations. Visitors report a strange chill in the palace restaurant and taps on the shoulder at the Smoky Museum. Lingering spirits crowd famed hotels like the Vendome and the Hacienda Inn, as well as theaters such as the Elks Opera House and Prescott Center for the Arts. Learn the secrets of Prescott cemeteries and the truth about the hangings on the courthouse plaza as Darlene Wilson and Parker Anderson lead an excursion through the haunted sites of Arizona's Mile High City. Darlene and Parker, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. Now, earlier this year, I did a podcast about Whiskey Row and Prescott uh, with Prescott's original Whiskey Row and the Whiskey Row Fire of 1900 author Bradley Courtney, and people loved it. So I thought, why not revisit the city that was home to Whiskey Row and still is home to Whiskey Row and find out more about those spirits that may still call the area home. First, could could one of you tell me, who is this Prescott the city is named after? Well, the Prescott is a city as named after the Boston-based historian William Hickling Prescott, who actually never set foot in the area. He died five years before the town or the Arizona Territory ever existed. It's when the Arizona Territory was established. The first governor's party to arrive to set up the Capitol had a number of his books in their uh, library, and they decided to name the town after him as an honor. Well, that's quite the honor, I think, especially if you've never even been there. And it tells you what kind of historian <laughs> he was, I guess. That's uh, right. Yeah. So he was very I well should mention. I'm sorry, go ahead. I should mention, too, that um, in later years, there's been a debate over how to pronounce the name of our town. It's, you know, spelled Prescott, and I'm guessing that's how Mr. Prescott pronounced it. But because we're out here in the Southwest, a lot of people have put a kind of a Western twang to it, and they call it Prescott. And uh, <laughs> that's become quite the debate here in later years. Is it Prescott or Prescott? Yeah, I guess regional dialects and always put a twist to a name in different areas. And that's always, to me, it's always fun to know and to get uh, corrected on. But, you know, you have to know, you know, your regional, for instance, there's a, we have Beaufort, South Carolina, spelled, there's another town, North Carolina, spelled the same way, but it's Beaufort. So <laughs> it just depends on that region. Well, that's like in Oklahoma, there's a Miami, Oklahoma, but it's called Miami. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. And those kind of things are fun too. Um, right. They are. Yes. I, I don't know. I guess that's the nerdy side of me that enjoys that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know why it is, but it is. But let's get to some more of the scary parts, because we're going to talk about ghosts in this book. And it's a town out west. And when you think out west, you know, you think of the Western outlaw stories or or, hangings come to mind. And you have a great list of hangings, and it's very concise. 
and it's very impressive that occurred in the city. Um, the research that you'd had into it. Now, when you came across these stories, did you come across it in old newspapers, court documents? Because you have quite a bit of information, like I said, regarding um, these hangings, and it's quite interesting. Um, actually, I used both sources, old newspapers and old court documents, which still survive. Wow, that's, I mean, it's just, it's incredible how much of that information we can still use and glean um, all that information about who these yeah, people for were. Many, for many years, old newspapers and county records have been a neglected source of research. Uh, they're finally being rediscovered, but for a long time in our history, uh, they were overlooked in favor of just repeating old legends. Yeah, and that to me is really dangerous because I always think of the... I mean, I get the oral history and the importance of it, and it's kind of an art of storytelling, but also that's an, that's the key word for it is art because you when you have that danger of that telephone game where y'all used to play, excuse me, <clears throat> growing up where or that where somebody says a statement and then somebody whispers it in somebody's ear and by, by the time it comes back around the room, it's a completely different story or it's that's a right. completely different sentence. Um, so yes, absolutely. When it comes to those key documents with key witness statements in those documents, um, but you kind of leave the question uh, at the end of the book about you know could some of these spirits still be around from the hangings? What do the two of you think regarding that? Well, we know that uh, James Fleming Parker is still here. We've done an investigation and at his gallery, and uh, we've had him. Um, on voice on our recorder and got a couple of pictures of an apparition where we thought he was. And the reason we believe he was there, the director contacted me to do an investigation there because that was the building that the assistant uh, deputy attorney's office was that Lee, his name was Lee Norris. And that's who Fleming Parker killed when he escaped from the jail so mm. she felt that that was the ghost that was in there that was um moving things around and opening and shutting the elevators and so now, we've uh, we've kind of confirmed that he's in there so let me ask you guys too you you have obviously a love for history both of you how does your love for history go with trying to find these the proof of the afterlife well sometimes a lot has to do with knowing your history too mm -hmm. and knowing the history of the places that we investigate you mentioned brad courtney and his books on whiskey row they have been helpful too in telling us the history of places like the palace saloon which we've done investigations of as well yeah and speaking of the fire of 1900, you know, it's covered in your book, too. Um, could you give us a glimpse of some of the spirits that could be connected to this incident that maybe the two of you have run across, or stories connected to the incidents that you've run across? Go ahead, Parker. Oh, I was about to say, go ahead, Darlene. <laughs> <laughs> the fire of 1900 was a very defining uh, period, period, an event in Prescott history, 
because it completely destroyed almost the entire downtown except for a handful of buildings and the courthouse. Um, and consequently, I'm sure there are a, quite a few, uh, there probably are quite a few restless spirits left from there who participated in it, who had to evacuate or help fight the fire. There really wasn't a high death toll in the fire. Um, so I, so there wasn't a lot of tragedy connected to it beyond the destruction of property and the destruction of people's livelihoods. It wouldn't surprise me at all if some of the unknown spirits that are still roaming around downtown Prescott had some connection with the fire, though. Yeah. What do you think, Darlene? Well, I yeah, I think so, too, because, um, like you said, there was not um, a lot of information about it. But over the years and doing the tours and doing searching for information, I find that they some of the employees, some of the people that work there were not mentioned in any deaths that happened from fires. But um, intuitively, we've run into a few ghosts that say they've died in the fire. And so, um, and in fact, that's how I found out about the fire of the, that was of the Congress hotel. And it was there before the Hacienda. And it was in a, an investigation that we came up with that information. And that's how I found out, you know, about the fire. So, they said there were 14 guests they got out safely, but they never said anything about the staff. And after doing investigations at the Hacienda, we have found that there's quite a few spirits that come through on the recorder that died in the fire. So you had the Hacienda through... is the hotel, of course, sitting on the site of where the Congress Hotel was. I, because I'm just adding so that our oh, listeners that's understanding. Know, so that our listeners know we're talking about a hotel. So. Right. So you've had investigations uh, or ghost investigations, haunting investigations that have led you to learn things about history. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That is so true, I, but yeah. uh, not, always, not always history that one can find records on, like the death toll at the Congress Hotel, but it certainly gives us an insight. History isn't always exact to what's recorded as we know yeah that is true now you know we, we've scratched the surface out west but you know saloons there's always something that comes to mind what is it do you guys do the two of you think is is it about saloons that captures our imagination still to this day and a follow-up to that question what would it be about a saloon aside from a fire that would keep a person's spirit or ghosts here after death? Well, I'll take the first part if you'll take the second, darling. All right. <laughs> um, I think saloons can still capture the public imagination, largely, much as I hate to say it, due to Hollywood. They have been uh, glamorized so much in Western movies and Western TV shows over the years that people have got the idea that uh, they were all just really uh, exciting, glamorous places to be. 
when in fact there probably weren't any more glamorous than the saloons and bars of today. Plenty of excitement happens in them today yet when people have a few too many drinks. <laughs> but otherwise, um, saloons and bars are very much definitely a part of Western history. And uh, in the old days, and probably even in the present, a lot of area movers and shakers would uh, go to them at night to have a few drinks and have a good time and unwind after a hard day of work. Or if, uh, for menial laborers like miners, this was a mining area in the old days, they would want to go into town and tie one on after a hard day of working in the mines. What we have heard was the Pal- the Palace Saloon is the oldest saloon in Arizona, and they would post notifications if there were cattle sales or if there were jobs. It was almost a center of, you know, any kind of information that you would need. So we know that a lot of them hung out there, but um, we've done investigations at the Palace Saloon, and, and it's constantly active. It has things that happen all the time on a daily basis. And uh, we've done some, we've just found out that some of the spirits that are there, you know, are stay there because they like it. And some of them don't want to leave. When we, uh, I, uh, I was on an investigation with Arlena Palace Saloon. And at that particular time, we encountered uh, some sp- a spirit or spirits who were, kind of malicious um they knocked out uh, two of our cameras our cameras uh, suddenly right. stopped operating uh that sometimes does happen on paranormal investigations but it was the first time it had ever actually happened to me and it was kind of freaky so yeah. That, now yeah that was in the palace saloon wow and i have that happen on tours people will be taking pictures and they go into a location and their cameras are dead. Even their phones are dead. And they said, I just put new batteries in here. I know this is working. And you walk out and then it's working fine. And it doesn't happen to everyone in the group. It could just happen to one or two. So that's always um, an interesting aspect. But at the palace, that was interesting because that was the first time that that happened, that they had taken out the couple of the cameras to where you couldn't take pictures you couldn't do anything that is and it is strange when stuff like that happens and it can be unnerving right i had a tour uh, group and i took them in the women's restroom is haunted and it was a bunch of women they didn't want to go in by themselves so i took them in and they're taking pictures and they're getting orbs and everything and somebody stuck their head around the corner and said there's a young girl who'd like to use the restroom so everybody's filing out and they're talking about the ghost and the orbs. And now the girl who's maybe 14 is scared and doesn't want to go into the restroom. So I went over and introduced myself and said, I'll go with you if you want. And she said, oh, please. So we go around the corner and I said, would you like for me to wait here in the hall? And she's like, no, no. So we go in and she goes back to the stall and shuts the door and locks it. And all the lights went out and she oh, came wow. flying out of there and the lights came back on by the time she got to the door. And I just said, I said, honey, that wasn't me. There's no light switches in this room. And uh, the lights there are all in a locked box up in the front of the saloon. 
So I felt sorry for her, but it's, it's like those kind of things happen all the time there. You just never know when you're in a place like that, what's going to happen. Uh, no. You just, and expect, I mean, cause they, I don't know if like ghosts can sense that if they can sense your uneasiness, if they feel, feed off that, you know, energy or what have you. Uh, it's right. You know, and, as far as the book goes, it's a, it's a great, interesting read, and we just scratch the surface. You know, there's more haunted hotels, there's restaurants, there's churches, museums in the book. Theaters? Yeah, yeah theaters. theaters, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, before we go, are there any other stories either you would like to share? Uh, maybe another personal experience? Well, um, yeah, go ahead, Parker. I'm just going to make a comment that um, we've talked about the palace bathroom ghost it's interesting i don't know why but sometimes spirits do kind of inhabit bathrooms we have a theater building in prescott called the elks opera house where there has long been a a belief that the center stall has a ghost in it um so if you i mean if the ladies use the restroom there don't use the center stall and sometimes i wonder if these bathroom ghosts kind of gave inspiration to J.K. Rowling in the Harry Potter series. Oh, the yeah. Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. Character of Moaning Myrtle, the yeah. bathroom yeah. ghost. <laughs> yeah. Ahead, well, that's, a, that's the same at Matt's saloon. Mm -hmm. um, when you go in the women's restroom, sometimes this little girl will show up and she'll say, can you help me find my mommy? And they turn to get someone to help and then she's gone. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's been quite a few of the women's restrooms i don't know why women <laughs> over men but it's yeah. um yeah it's pretty common okay so uh, kind of weird you said that because okay last week's episode we i talked to ed macy who is a local author here in charleston and a charleston tour guide and one of our restaurants here is called pugan's porch where we have a ghost of a little dog here but uh -huh. also it was a house and there was two um, teacher sisters who lived there. And one of the sisters' names was Zoe. And do you want to guess where Zoe's most often seen? In the restroom. In the women's yeah. restroom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's very interesting. I don't know why, but even at the palace, they've had so many more things that's happened, you know, in the women's restroom. So... Yeah, it's it is. I don't know if it's a sensitivity or intu intuitiveness that a woman has more so than um, men. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. But it's uh, it's definite, definitely haunted. That is. And when I started, when I started doing the tours a couple or twelve years ago, I only knew about two places. And so then over the years, more and more stories have come out or things have happened to me on our tours. Or like Parker said, when we do some investigations, we have found a lot of uh, activity. And we've just done one at the Prescott Center for the Arts. And we've had some amazing things that's happened there. Um, so it blew me away that there's so many places here in Prescott that's haunted. And it's a great thing, you know, so. It absolutely is. And, you know, now you might, I'm being serious, and it would draw a lot of attention, though. You're, you, the two of you have a next book, Haunted Thank Bathrooms you. of Arizona. Thank you. We, Thank um, you. 
we had fun writing it together. It was it was a learning experience for both of us as far as historian and a paranormal working together, you know? Yeah, it was. <laughs> so I think Parker believes in ghosts a little more than he did when we started, right, Parker? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the skeptic becomes the believer. Yeah. All right, so... Um, before I let you go, do you have any um, uh, tour sites, websites you would like to plug on the podcast before we go? Well, um, my website is a haunting experience tours, but also hauntedprescott.com. And um, and then we've got I've got a lot of other information on there about some of our investigations. Um. Myself, I would just like to say that um, for people who love history or Arizona history, I've done a few other books for Arcadia slash the History Press. Uh, the most recent one um, coming out this past summer called Arizona Gold Gangster, a biography of Charles P. Stanton, whom the an Arizona ghost town is named after and whose story is uh, steeped in folklore, and I try to sort through the folklore and get the facts. It's a good book, yeah. And Wicked Prescott, that's another one he's done. Oh, yeah, Wicked Prescott. I recount yeah. the hangings and a few other stories in that one as well. All right, that sounds great. Well, thank you both for being on. I appreciate it so much. Well, thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. Yeah, Absolutely. And thank you, the audience, as always, for listening. Haunted Prescott is available now on ArcadiaPublishing.com and wherever local books are sold. And as always, I want to thank Jay and Bill's Unnamed Band Project for the show's theme song. You can find them at Jay and Bill's Unnamed Band Project on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions or show suggestions, feel free to reach out to me at ArcadiaAuthorConversations at gmail.com. That's ArcadiaAuthorConversations at gmail.com. I'll talk with you again soon.